Hey everybody, so excited for you to check out this amazing interview with my friend Lillian Victoria. It's just a great conversation between two people that have very healthy money mindsets and and how we've changed our our lives with that money mindset, which she's going to dive into her story of how she got to where she is today. But also in four days, as you know, we are hosting our final free content creation workshop of the year. So the registration link is in the description of this episode. It's from next Monday, October 25th through Friday, October 29th. We would love to have you there. 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Monday through Thursday, 5 to 6 Eastern Daylight Time on Friday for some Q&A. Check it out. We would love to have you. So the registration link's in the description of this episode. So sit back, enjoy, and I hope you love this interview with myself and Lillian. Networking and marketing made simple is for you, the business owner who has a product, a service, or a message that you believe in. My name is Scott Aaron, and each week we'll take a behind the scenes look into the real world marketing and networking tactics and strategies for getting what you have in front of you to a lot more people. Thanks for spending time with me. And now let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Networking and Marketing Made Simple. Super excited for today's episode. Have an incredible guest with me today. Uh, Her name is Lillian Victoria, and we are in a group coaching program together. And she is a peak performance coach. And what I love about what she teaches is based on her own journey and the things that she had to grow through, not go through, grow through in order to get to where she is right now that could then inspire other people to do the same. Very relatable. She's a mom. She's an entrepreneur. She's risen to the the top ranks uh, in the corporate world, in Hollywood, in entertainment. And there's just a lot to unpack and a lot to talk about because everyone focuses on where someone is and where they're going, but it's really important to focus on where they've come from, which fills in a lot of the holes and gaps to why they're doing what they're doing right now. So with that, Lillian, welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for having me and for that amazing, amazing introduction. I am so happy to be here today. Well, we're happy to have you. So my audience always loves to know the backstory before we dive into all of the stuff that you're doing now. So the, the, the big question is for you, in your own opinion, what was that, that catalyst moment or that aha moment for you in your journey that has sent you down the path that you're currently on today? When I lost everything, when I thought I had everything, when I lived a life that looked so great on resume on paper, and then you think this is it. This is what I built for all my life. And then boom, everything's gone. Now, looking back, that was an amazing opportunity for me to rebuild myself. But during the time, it was, I was thinking to myself, this is not working. Like, what is wrong? Like, I thought this is it. How can I be here at this age? And I was 35 at the time, but I worked 35 years to get there, right? So that was a defining moment for me. So what was it about that moment where you lost it all? And I I think just to kind of dive into that, you know, my audience knows 
you know, my ups and downs, my, uh, my multiple divorces, me losing a house, my father's imprisonment, uh, filing for personal bankruptcy. Share a little bit about what your quote unquote losing everything was, because again, everyone's got a different story, but they're all relatable. There's all connecting points. So what, what was going on in your life that, that led to you losing everything and what exactly was it? So to, to backtrack a little bit, I was raised by a single mom of two kids. Um, I was born in Los Angeles, California, in America. I was raised in Taiwan, which is a small island, right? And then I came back in high school. The thing is, when I came back, we were living in poverty. So we lived in a motel, um, food stamps. We were abandoned by my dad. So I never knew who he was, right? So my whole life, I didn't have a family up until I got married. And that was what I was building. You know, I try to be this good kid. I was a troublemaker in high school, but after college, it was like, nope, I'm gonna have a career. You know, I am going to have everything together. And then the only thing I looked forward to at the time was to create my own family, a family that was mine, right? So everything in my life has been very family driven. Even that didn't, when I didn't have a family, I actually got into Hollywood, not because the fame and glam, but because I wanted to, it was a very innocent idea. I wanted to use movie as a portal to find my father. I was thinking, hey, if he sees my name on the credit of a movie, guess what? He's going to come and find me, right? So, so that was all what driven me to where I was at. And at one point, you know, everything looked really good. You know, I was in entertainment. I worked, I did a lot of international work, worked with a lot of movies. My ex-husband at the time was in finance, you know? So on paper, it's like, wow, they're great. We live in a nice house in Los Angeles. We have a beautiful baby. And then that's when you think, that's when I thought, this is it. I built my whole life for this. But what I also realized that I wasn't being who I truly was. And that's when, when everything broke, it broke really quickly, right? So that was the defining moment. So what was it about what you felt who you truly were compared to who you were being that made you realize, you know what, I'm not, I'm not being true to myself. I'm not being genuine. There's something inauthentic about the way that I'm living my life. What, what, was, what was going through your mind during that time where everything that you worked towards and everything that you were building, you kind of looked in the mirror and you said, I don't know if I'm necessarily happy with what I built. So there's a defining moment when I realized that I never made decisions for myself. I made decisions to please other people. And that really came up with my upbringing because I didn't really have any family around me, right? I had to go through a lot of uh, trauma when I was growing up. So what happened is the outside environment become my validation of who I am. Because I remember the defining moment when everything went south very quickly. I lost everything. I had to move out the house. I had to stay at my different friends' places, couch surfing for a year. I could not answer who I am. It's a very simple question. Lillian, what's your hobby? Who are you? Right? I couldn't do that. You know, I was in a marriage that was not in harmony with me because I realized that I never really used my voice, even in the workplace. You know, I had all these reasons and excuses, but the, the underlying thing 
really came down to, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. It came down to my childhood. I was abandoned. All these traumas, all these events took away my voice, right? So when it really, there's that saying, you know, when you lose everything, that's when you see yourself very clear. When you have nothing to lose, then you're going to start doing the things that you really want. And that's what happened to me. Yeah, they say when you when you have everything to when you lose everything, you have everything to gain because yeah. you're you have this clean slate. You have you have this. Not many people get a do over. Not many people there there are, and I, I'm sure you you know this. You know, there are so many people that are in marriages where they're unhappy, they're miserable, they're they're working for someone or in a profession that is unfulfilling. And I call it the Groundhog's Day effect. It's just the same day over and over again. You know exactly what's going to happen. There's no spontaneity. There's no adventure. There's no excitement. It's just you're coasting. And no one wakes up to live a mediocre life. Everyone wakes up to live this abundant and amazing life. So after you realize that, you know, this isn't for me, the, the marriage goes the way that it does. And at this point, I think you, you said you have a, you have a, a son. I have a son. He's seven and he, years old now. And he was, he was four, four at the time. And you're, you're couch surfing and you're trying to find your way. What, what ended up becoming the next step for you in getting off of other people's couches and getting back into finding out who you really were? So there is this moment that I will never forget. There is this moment. I remember I was staying at my friend's place. Uh, my son was very uncomfortable. He would always ask me, mommy, when are we going to have our own place? He misses home. And then he asked me, because I, I looked really sad. I was just in deep thought. And he said, mom, mommy, are you okay? I was crying the inside, but I said, mommy just fell really hard. And I'm going to get back up. And that was the moment because I looked at him in his face and I saw me and I realized the fear was the fear that paralyzed my mind was that I was so scared and worried that I was going to be like my mom, not be able to take care of him, living on food stamps and having him experience these stuff that I never wanted to go through. And it was that moment that, you know, when they say you make a decision and it goes into your gut and your soul comes out, your purpose comes out. It's like the superhero moment, like, ah, all the fire comes out. That was, that was it. I, I, was, I took the power back by saying, I am not my mother. I am still young, right? Just so you know, a little background with how I was raised is if I didn't get married by 30, I'm old. I'm a leftover woman. <laughs> That's a Chinese culture. So imagine at 35, losing everything, having a single child, uh, a, a mom, becoming a single mom. And then at the time I was like, what I do go back to school. Like I'm so old, but really changing that to be like, no, I am meant for something. And that's the first time I really looked into my soul. I looked into my soul for what my purpose is and then start to take action. Because at that time, when you have a four-year-old, there, there's a huge sense of urgency. Also I added that by then I've already like stayed at two different friends place, went to Taiwan to go see my mom for two, three months, just to, just so I have a place to stay and came back. And it was like, if I don't do it now, I cannot afford to do another. I cannot, I cannot afford to um, put my son's 
uh, in jeopardy because I want to provide stability. And by doing that, I'm giving him instability. So that was the, that was a huge turning point. That moment gave me clarity to rise the F up. Excuse my language. <laughs> well, you didn't say it and it's okay. Um, <laughs> but clarity is everything because when you have a clear vision, you can actually see where you want to go. And you went down the route that I went down. I just did it about five years earlier. Uh, I started getting into personal development in around 2013. And I thought it was very airy fairy. And, you know, I just, I'm like, I don't need to do personal development. I hadn't read a book since the first Harry Potter at that point. And I, I started reading books and I started listening to uh, YouTube audios and audiobooks, and I started journaling and meditating and I tapped into this side of myself that was always in there. It, you know, people think that when they become woke, as, as you hear people say, you become a new person. You're not, you're not becoming a new person at all. You're actually becoming who you're always destined to be. It just sometimes get, gets buried with your limiting thoughts and beliefs and the traumas that you carry around like suitcases in an airport for the rest of your life. So you never have the opportunity to even dig into any of those things. And I did stumble at, at when I'm going down these, these rabbit holes of personal development, I ended up finding a gentleman by the name of Earl Nightingale. And yeah. Earl, Earl Nightingale wrote yeah. one of my favorite books of all time. It was the one, it's actually the number one best-selling audio book of all time called The Strangest Secret. And I remember listening to this book. And, and I, I would literally listen to it every single day. And, you know, he spoke so directly to me. And then I start to go down even more rabbit holes. And then you, I hear about The Secret and Bob Proctor, who mentored underneath Earl Nightingale. And everything was starting to intertwine. And that's where you and I can connect because Bob Proctor came into your life at a very, very integral part of your journey that set you on this, not only this path of self-discovery, but this, this path to living into who your true self is and, and really unlocking that peak performance that we have inside of all of us that you now can then spread to all those around us. So walk us through how you ended up finding Bob Proctor and what was it about his teachings and his methodologies and his mindset that said, you know what, that is something I need to dig into. Yeah. And first of all, I just want to say every time when you're speaking right now, I got the chills like through my whole body. And this is where I know my body, my soul is saying that you're exactly where you need to be when you're in profession. And every time you see people's success and conversations, you get the chills, you know, at the right spot. Right. So it's funny that you mentioned Earl Nightingale. So to be very transparent before, I was very unfamiliar with this whole coaching world. But I do remember when things were going really, really bad, I found that video, The Strangest Secret from Earl Nightingale, also on YouTube. And I was listening to it all the time. I had no idea why. My friends would think I'm crazy because I would just listen on YouTube. I'm on Play Dates. I'm listening to this. Because to me, that was finding a sense of hope. And like you, it was speaking to me. I was like, I know I have it. Just it's just how do I get it? Like I don't know. Like you know, staying there. So I will listen to it. And how I came across Bob Proctor was when I was staying at my friend's couch. I was online. I was doing all the research. Right. I was like looking for for any ways to get me out of there. You know. And before before I 
when I got into coaching, this is a whole other world that opened up to me. In my world back then, it was therapy. And I went to therapy for years, by the way. And when I say go years, I mean two, three years and on a weekly basis, sometimes two times a week, consistent. And the only reason why I stopped because I got to the point I couldn't afford it. And then the results weren't showing up, right? So when I got into this coaching thing and when Bob was saying, you follow exactly what I tell you to do, your success is guaranteed, that caught my attention because I needed that. I needed to hear that at the moment. And, and you know what the crazy thing is? This is where I understood why you want to coach a mentor is because you want someone to just give you that hope and develop that faith. Because I will call all of my friends, even my, my own mother, to look for that kind of validation. And everyone's like, oh, you'll be okay. Oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. That made me feel worse. When I went to therapy, and I have nothing against therapy. Therapy is still good because it, it still helped me understand who I was. The only thing is when I'm going in there to talk about my problems over and over and over and over again, I'm staying in the state of the problem. Whereas when I saw the video of Bob and then I went on to this rabbit hole, not just Bob, but everything of, you know, the coaching side of things. Um, that's when I realized that, okay, this is my way because I can't focus on the past. It's done. It's gone. I can't fix it. And it's finally coming to that realization, by the way, we can't change other people. I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely spent, made, made my share of mistakes of spending so much time resenting things, of why this happened to me, hoping things could change that already happened in the past. That's not going to happen. But everything starts to change once I really focus on my purpose, what I want to do, which is now to create positive impact through coaching, through storytelling, through media. And that's what I do every single day. And that's what makes me up every single day and reach out to people to be very proactive. That's what gets me to jump out of bed. That's where I put all my energy at. And that is the turning point for me. I didn't know how I was going to do that. You know, I just know that there's a huge sense of urgency. And if I don't do it now, I really don't have time. And my job, my job that I gave to myself at the time was I need to get into another house so I could provide stability for my son. And it's really important for me in my story, in my life, because the only time I've ever felt the, uh, the strong sense of stability was before my parents got divorced. When we were together, a family of four, and we, we had a house and it was happy. We had Christmases, we went to Disneyland. And after they separated, everything went away. So for me, in my life, that was my top priority because I was not about to let my son float like I did in my childhood. I can, I can relate to a lot of that. You know, my, my parents did get divorced, but it was much later in life. I was 30 and my sister was 27. So it was a little bit different, but I, but it's still one and all the same, like things change. I mean, my, both of my parents are with other people now, which is great. They found their happiness, but you, you kind of learn from everything that you grow through in life to, to really shape the foundations of how you want to be a parent and how you want to be present for your, your child. And I think that's very powerful, but something that I wanted to go back to was everyone has these, these misconceptions about Hollywood, that it's toxic. And, and again, yes, there's, there's a good part of it that is looking back on your journey, rising through the ranks 
in Hollywood, becoming a top executive and, and getting your name in credits and movies and traveling all over the world and doing all those things. And, you know, in, in the, the, the back end of that was obviously hoping that your father would see your name in credits and then contact you. So number one, what ended up happening with you climbing the ranks and having your name being seen with your mission of, of finding your father? But the, the back end of that question is, what were some of the, the greatest lesson? What was the number one lesson that you learned through that journey that you've been able to take that lesson and implant it into everything that you're doing for others today? So the question's kind of twofold. Okay. So I have, I have three, three answers to that. So I, for me, when I start rising the fastest and I, I really believe looking back now, the universe was having my back was I really wanted to look for my dad. So I was living this double life, right? Like this, this ambitious girl in the business, but other one is this desire to just to get some answers of why my dad would even leave me. So that drove me. And the success came at the perfect timing about um, like to 2010 to up until 2016, China was really big. And there was a lot, what we call it at the time, co-production movies. Basically, essentially, it's just like you have uh, Asia, China financing coming in. And as we see a lot of movies, they have like Asian characters, right? So I was in that mix and I was one of the early birds. So it worked out because I thought, I literally thought my dad was in Shanghai. <laughs> so I ended up, you know, living there for a little bit. I did a few movies out there. I did, I was traveling. And that, because that desire was so strong, because I was living at this belief of how could anyone ever abandon their own blood? Because I would never do it for my, my own child, right? And being able to say this right now is very liberating because when I was an executive, what I didn't understand was vulnerability. So I had a very big wall, right? Now let's talk about the, the, the toxic part. So in film, you know, every movie is difficult to make. You can, fit, you can see it on the finished project but some movies will take forever. There are movies that's been made, never been distributed. There are movies that we say we're gonna go in production and then I never believe it until we wrap, <laughs> film and edit. That's just how crazy it is. It is a very money-driven business. Um, so when I fell and lost, lost everything, my mantra, which is not the best mantra at the time, was I am so burnt out by the business, I can't go back. Like, I just cannot because you work your ass off. You hardly get recognition, right? And when you do, it's a lot of politics. And then, or you'll work on a project and never gets me. Like, I had all these narratives in my mind. The biggest learning that I had found is to focus on you. Focus on you. Because I did have the privilege to name a few, uh, to work with a few A-list, like Academy Award uh, winning stars. I'm not going to mention names just because, you know, it's, it becomes a whole other thing. But one thing with these guys, they're, they made, I've noticed that they made their life career goal so simple. So, so, so simple. They just said, oh, this is what I wanted to do. And a lot of these people didn't have any nepotism. They just came and they just did it and they, they treat everyone very nice. That was the biggest difference in characters. I saw that people that were very success, successful and then the B and the C listers. The people that are very successful, even if you're assistant and intern, they are, they treat you like a real human being. 
But the thing is, they know what they want and they just focus on that. They don't watch the news. They don't focus on what other people are doing, what projects. They appreciate all the work, but then they focus on their, their own thing. And that's why, and one of the things that, you know, I, I work with my clients on, you know, they say designing your life, right? I say, you're your writer, you're your director, you're your producer, you're a casting director for your own life. And especially, I have a lot of clients that are actors, just kind of given the background. If they take a method acting, I'm like, you just have to act as if every single day with your life. You know, you write your story, you figure out what your narrative is. You direct it, you got to lead yourself every single day and you got to be disciplined with it. You cast it. You make sure the right people are in your life. It's up to you. We can't change the people around us, but we could change the people around us, right? You're the producer. How do you want to live? Like, what's, what is, what's that financial goal? And start to take those action. And looking back, the biggest thing that I've learned for myself, when I used to say, oh, I am a burnout by Hollywood. It wasn't that. It was who I saw myself. I didn't feel like I was worthy. That's why I was always working behind the scenes. I was war always working for somebody, right? But, you know, after working on myself and finding out my purpose, I realized, okay, it's not the business. I just have to change myself because I realized when you're with the right people, it doesn't matter what credits they have, things will happen. The energy is going to flow. If you have that belief in that willing to take action, that's what's going to happen. So that's, that's the biggest turning point. And, and I still get these calls sometimes like, oh, I'm so burnt out. I'm 40 years old. I don't know what to do. I'm, speak, I'm, I'm actually speaking about a specific call I just had like two weeks ago. You know, Hollywood's not for me right now. But then the whole call, I'm listening to this person complain, 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 complain. And if, if you guys, um, Earl Nightingale talks about this, Bob Proctor talks about this. Um, all the great teachers talks about this. You attract what you put out. If you say you can't and you complain, you see the negative, that's what's going to happen. If you look at all the good and just focus on the end, that's what's going to happen, right? So that's the turning point for me too. It's, it's before I felt like I was 35. I don't know what to do. I am too old. I can't start from the bottom. Do I go back to school too? Nope. I know exactly what I need. And I've manifested new people into my life to get projects going on the side. Um, and I have full faith that these are all going to materialize into reality. So that's, that's my high level pitch. <laughs> no, it's great. And something else that Earl said was what you speak about most often is what you will become. Yeah. And it's, it, it, again, it comes back to those limiting thoughts and beliefs. If you continue to tell yourself that you're burnout, you're not good enough. You know, what you speak about is what you become and you'll become burnout and not good enough. And you continue to go down that rabbit hole and you never truly live the way that you you want to be living your life so well thank you for the vulnerability and, and you know i always tell people that uh, vulnerability is one of the greatest strengths that any one person can possess because when you're kind of strip yourself down raw and you're like here i am you know here are my flaws here are the mistakes i made here's what i learned from it it, it takes a lot to do that so i, I got to applaud you for that now um a, as we we move forward uh you know, when people hear peak performance coach, they they may think, oh, do you work with athletes? Because they don't, people think that peak performance means, you know, oh, do you get ready, get people ready for the Super Bowl or something, a sporting event? But people have to understand that peak performance also is in everyday life. You you have to show up each day 
at your greatest capability. So talk a little bit about what peak performance coaching is and, and how you specifically work with people. So I look at peak performance as activating your human potential, activating your human potential. Okay. Because when people are, are have a roadblock or mind block, it's what they believe of themselves. So how I work on it is number one, we have to get very crystal clear with where you're heading. That's your North star. Once you have that North star, all these little things, what he said, what they think, these little um, obstacles, they, they're not in the way. I mean, they are for you to learn, right? But when you focus on your North star, you're heading somewhere. I also uh, work on one thing I, I mentioned earlier. You gotta start to act as if, because by doing so, what we're doing is we're telling the universe that we believe. And that is another mental muscle that we gotta work on because you are your best friend. You have to believe in yourself before anyone will believe in you. I've learned, the biggest thing I've learned in leadership is before I can lead others, I gotta lead myself. If I don't believe in myself, how am I gonna leave others? If I don't believe in this invisible vision that I see that I'm working on every single day, how am I be able to sell on others, right? Whether it's an investment, a, a investor, a partnership, my team, right? Everything that I'm building towards. And the last thing is to make those decisions. People that don't make decisions, it ties into fear, right? Procrastination is fear. It also ties into what we call the self-image, your self-worth. How do you look at yourself? You become what you think about. And that is the first thing. I always say this, making any decision is a good decision as long as you're moving forward. You make a decision, you're going to learn something out from it. There is always going to be a trial and error. Nothing's going to be handed to you. If it's handed to you, you're probably not going to be ready. But the worst thing is to stay here and be so afraid to make a, de a decision and to be afraid of making these mistakes. It requires a lot of courage every single day, showing up, acting as if, make decisions from the end goal as if it's already done. And we, we got to stop thinking, anyone that's listening that you could resonate, stop thinking and using the word, I hope, I wish, I dream. It's no, I am. It's happening right now. Affirm, 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 affirm. So, so that's, that's how I work with it. Something that Nancy and I do with our son um, you know, we always do gratitude before we go to bed. We all, we say three things that we're grateful for, but we also have uh, a little journal for him that we've been doing with him. And it's a kid's journal and it's like this journey through personal development, but for kids. And basically it, it's turning your, I can'ts into, I can't yet. So he, he learns to reframe things that he's not good at. So it's like, you know, state three things that you're not good at. And, you know, instead of saying, I'm not good at this, say, I'm not good at this yet. So it's, it's ingraining in his mind that everybody's a work in progress. And you may not know how to do it right now. You may not be great at it right now, but the more that you work at it, you're going to get better and better. So it's always putting a yet. So when someone says, well, I don't know how to do that. We'll say, I don't know how to do that yet, because when you add yet on the on the end of any sentence, again, that states that you are going to be taking action to move forward, whether it's a millimeter or a mile, which is something that you said. So I think that's beautifully stated and it's absolutely right. So before we, we uh, get to the last question, 
So for anyone that is interested in connecting with you offline or online uh, to learn about your programs and, and workshops that you have, what's the best way for people to reach out to you to find out more? So my, my email is info, I-N-F-O at awesomenesslifestyle.com. So awesomeness, A-W-E-S-O-M-E-N-E-S-S-L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E.com. I'm an advocate. We live life once, live your awesomeness lifestyle. Life is awesome if you believe it to be. And by the way, thank you so much for that yet. I am so going to use that with my son because we have a gratitude journal, but this is going to be a game changer. <laughs> well, um, again, the information of how to connect with you will be in the show notes of the episode. So anyone that's listened to this, I highly, highly connect you to reach out to Lillian to find out more about how she can help you if you're at that point where you really want to take your peak performance of your life to the next level. So Lillian, final um, question before we get to the end of the episode. Lillian, what does success truly mean to you? Success means you're living the life that you want. You define your definition of success. And as Earl Nightingale says it, success is a progressive realization of a worthy idea. And if I could add one last thing, um, if this resonates with you guys, I am gonna do a fun group challenge in my Facebook group um, on November 1st. And I'm going to have a lot of fun events throughout the New Year's to get everyone started for this New Year's that's coming up. It's been a very interesting year, the past two years, right? So I always say every day is a new day. Every second is a new second. So my way of giving back is to put together a community and we're all moving and charging forward to create the life that we desire. And what's the name of your Facebook group in case people want to join and look it up? It's spiritual, intuitive business mindset. I, I use the word business and entrepreneur because I really fully believe we're at this, this time now where you can't really rely on a day job. There's no job security. When I hear people say, I need job security, I was like, then it's not a job. You got to depend on yourself and your belief and your ideas and move that into form. Yeah. That's where we're heading towards. It's called yeah. self-security. It's not job security. It's self-security. Another aha for me. Yes, I like that. Self-security. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I will leave the link to your Facebook group and the email so people can contact you that way. So Lillian, thank you so, so much for being here today, sharing your story, your vulnerability, all the things that led to where you are today. So thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So please enjoy the rest of your days and I'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much again for checking out today's episode. And if you are listening through iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are, please leave me a rating and review. Let me know what you loved, what you would like to see improved, or ideas you have for future episodes. And if you are interested in taking your business to the next level, don't hesitate to go to my website, www.scotterin.net, where you can schedule a free discovery call with me, where I can learn more about you, your business, what you're struggling with, and how we can work together. And don't forget to check out my wife, Nancy, and mine, our free community on Facebook called LinkedIn Leads for Life. We would love to see you in there. 
Have a great rest of your day. And thank you everyone for your support. Grateful for each and every one of you.